Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. 32 minutes past the hour. Liftoff on Apollo 11. Hello, and thank you for listening to the Standing Brothers Show. This is episode 100 of this program. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you like to, please join the Patreon account. You'll see that in the description down below. And if you like what you're seeing here, please follow us on Twitter. That will also be down below. What are you doing? And then, if you let it send us an email, please, you can find that email down below in the description for this here show. And then finally, if you want to get you a t-shirt, a coffee mug, hey, even a sticker, you can find that information down below in the description of this here uh, program. This is episode 100 of the Standing Brothers Show. Thank you all for listening so, so much. Jacob, how do you feel that we've reached the apex, the pr- the, the the primordial, we have reached immortality with the, you- with the 100th episode of this show? Do you feel the power, Jacob? Do you feel it? Do you feel the power, Jacob? What is this voice you're doing? So okay, I had this. What? I had what? this idea. So why? What is what is happening? Let me explain it to you. I was up I'm late. So I, shut up! Shut up! I was up late last night. I was watching a movie, and after the movie was over, I started watching Star Trek: The Next Generation. Okay, because I'm weird. Anyway, yeah. while I'm watching Star Trek: Next Generation, I had this idea for doing a voiceover. For like a, some pre-roll before the the main intro music hits of uh, of me doing some stupid voice to like some elevator music, of me talking about the description about where you can find the Patreon and all that stuff. What do you think? I not that. Not that. No. Now just imagine that voice with some elevator music behind it. I I don't like that. No. 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 Well, we're doing Please it anyway. No. I'm gonna record it. We're gonna do it anyway. It's going to be before every show. You're going to hear that booming, crystal, majestic voice. Or I could do my uh, Christopher Walken impression. I'd rather not. You'd never. You rather not? I, I'd rather not. All right, well, it was that or The Godfather, so I mean, you got to pick one. I, I, I know. Anyway, this I'm, has got... I'd much not- rather not. <laughs> I just would just know. Just just please no. Please no. Please no. Please no. No. Okay. Well, anyway, uh, we are back this episode 100. We were going to do something special for this show, but something real special is going to be happening on Wednesday on The Joe Show. Ooh. So, if you want to hear it a day early, this is a uh, shameless product placement here. If you want to hear the show a day early, please... Join the the Patreon account, and you'll get that majestic show as well a day early. For the rest of you folks, you'll have to wait until Thursday. Which you know what? If you're not willing to pay, what the five dollars a month, you deserve to get the show a day later. That's all I'm gonna say. I'm gonna guilt you into it. All right? I'm I'm going to make <laughs> you feel bad about it because that's how important this is. So, you know, if you're if you're probably gonna you're, you're gonna be on your phone on Spotify or an Apple Music, just be refresh refresh and it's only going to be Wednesday refresh refresh and still only Wednesday you'll have to wait until <laughs> Thursday but you know what <laughs> that's on you folks anyway Jacob how's the week going it's going pretty good so far um you know I can't really find much to uh much crazy things to complain about um but no I mean I mean so it, it was it's been it's been a good week good I have enjoyed it I um 
I did what I usually do on Mondays. I went and played golf, which the golf game was a little huh, weird. Was, was, what did you shoot today? I didn't keep score. It, it probably was over 100, but you know what? It's fine. I'm still learning how to play. I've only been playing for, like, what, two or three months? Uh, True. I am getting better at hitting the irons. I don't hit them as far as I should be hitting them, but I am getting better at it. Yeah. I'm still waiting for my driver to get fixed. But anyway, so today I get home, you know, do the whole shower thing, lunch and all that, and then I turn the television on to watch the Olympics. Now, I wasn't super excited this year about watching the Olympics. I've never cheered for any U.S. team to lose, but this year I have openly cheered for the U.S. women's soccer team to lose because I can't stand those insufferable folks over there. It's bad. And it's not for reasons that you might think. It's just I can't stand them. They're just annoying people. But anyway, so I turned the TV on because I know that there's going to be some shooting sports happening this afternoon. So I'm like, this is perfect. The men and women's teams are going to be shooting skeet this afternoon. Perfect. So I I turned the TV on, and I'm, I'm... getting ready for it and meanwhile i'm having to watch swimming which you know how i feel about swimming because i've made my things very clear about this so i'm having to watch swimming okay whatever then the shooting comes on it's 30 minutes you see the final round 30 minutes of the men and women's team which both usa wins gold on both of those so good for those folks who won gold the usa but then as soon as it's over we go back to swimming and i'm like this this is a grave injustice on my part because I, I would now have been subjected to not only swimming, but table tennis. Can you believe this table tennis? This is an Olympic sport? What's next? Pool? Tiddlywinks? Darts? What's next? All these, these you know, barroom games? This is ridiculous. But in the interim period between swimming and the shooting, there's also weightlifting. I'm like, oh, come on. I, 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 this is not entertaining. This, watching people lift heavy things is not entertaining. You know what is entertaining? The lumberjack games. Have you ever seen those where these guys have to uh, have to cut the logs and they have to stand on the tree as they're cutting it? Oh, yeah. That's entertaining because there, there's some risk involved here. You could lose a foot, a hand, a leg. You know, you could kill yourself. You could land on that axe and cut your head off. There is risks involved here. What's the worst that could happen when you're lifting 500 pounds? It could fall on you. Yeah, but whatever. There's, there's no blood, guts, and gore in that. You know, we need some real, you know, stakes involved here. And there sure as heck ain't no blood, guts, and going throwing rocks and sticks. I will tell you that much. And then as far as the, as far as people as far as people talking about as far as people running in a circle for the uh, you know the 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 track and field look, that that's not entertaining either. Look, we have gone on about this in a previous episode. I don't feel exactly like going into another debate about what is a sport and what's not a sport. Well, I'm just going. I, I'm just getting started on my week. I mean, I it's only Monday. And I'm just, I'm only getting started. I got another 45 minutes of rant to go through here. I mean, I haven't watched any of the Olympics because mainly I just don't care. That was my position. I haven't that today. I, I, I think care. I've watched maybe an hour's worth of the Olympics. I usually get excited to watch the opening ceremony every year, but this year I was just like, ah, just... Well, it, it happened like in the middle of the morning here because it's in Japan. Well, it's in Japan, yeah, so you had to so, get up at 2 and 3 in the morning. So, you missed that, and then I go back and watch the footage on YouTube and it's an empty stadium, so I'm like, we're the, everyone's, you know... What really made me mad last night, we watched a little bit of the gymnastics for like 5 seconds. Didn't and the US not do very well? I, I wasn't really paying attention. Um... But as soon as one of the athletes would get done, they would go over to the sidelines. And, of course, the NBC reporters like, you got to stay away from us. They had this two separate microphones set up. 
And then they Zoom call their parents and friends. I'm like, what is this? I think what they should do is um, whenever they're on, on like on the sidelines of like swimming or gymnastics or whatever, any, any sort of sport where they have to like take turns performing or whatever, what they should do is they should have like those little um, clear tents they'll sit in and they'll just zip and sit inside the little tents. Like Bubble Boy? Yes, like Bubble Boy from Seinfeld. <laughs> and that's all they'll do. Whenever they're not competing, they'll sit in a little tent with the mask on, of course. Yes, yes, of course. Uh, that would be hilarious. Or they could all just, or everybody could just don like one of those clear vinyl suits that Doctor Evil wears at the end of the first Austin Powers. Or or when he's on the the moon base. And... No, it's it's the little, it's that clear like. Plastic... Oh yeah, yeah. When they're drilling the hole into the earth. Or whatever. You know, he every time he moves, like it sticks to his body. Oh. He's like. <laughs> <laughs> and you can't stand because it says it sticks to itself. Yeah, I think that everyone should just wear one of those. Yeah, have so, a little filtration pack on the back. Boom, COVID solved. Done. Fill, fill up the stadiums, folks. Yeah. Um, it's also in, not interesting, but sad to see that Bryson DeChambeau and John Rahm, who Bryson is an American golfer, John Rahm is a Spanish golfer from Spain, not Mexico. Um, that they were both, you know, they couldn't go because they both tested positive for COVID. Even though Bryson won the uh, U.S. Open in uh, last year, and then uh, John Rahm just recently won here at Torrey Pines uh, just last month. Um, and they can't go because they both tested COVID. Even though John Rahm is fully vaccinated, he still tested positive for COVID. And even though, be- like two weeks before he won at Torrey Pines, he was, I think, almost 10 shots under par. You know, 10, 10, uh, minus 10 on the score. And then he found out while he was, I think it was Saturday afternoon, going into Sunday, that he was in the middle of playing 18, and they told him he tested positive for COVID, and he had to leave the match. Can you imagine that? You're on your way to win your first major, and then you get taken off the field or off the course because you tested positive, even though you've been going, you know, for hours. And then you come back two weeks later and win your first major, which, you know, good for him. But, yeah, um, it's... Stupid. The whole thing is just stupid. I can't stand any of it. That's where I'm at. Um, that's why I don't want to like pick someone to cheer for because they're gonna just end up testing positive for this thing. Um, and we we've, we've we've gone over on this this program the many different um, cycle thresholds they're doing for this testing. I don't. I mean, and I think this is probably one of those super concentrated cycle testing where they're where they're cycling this their their results 40 50 times which at that point i mean you can whatever you're going to find at, at that magnification level is going to be a false positive nine times out of ten even even the great covid messiah dr fauci has said this but like that's that's where i am i i, I see that bryson de um is out so i'm like okay what's the point even if i wanted the u.s women's team to win which Will they probably end up winning? Yes, they'll probably end up winning um, one of the medals. Even if even if I wanted to like go out and cheer for them, which this year I I really don't care because they are just so insufferable politically as a team. Um, instead of putting aside their their political differences and coming together as as a team for the country which is what the olympics is supposed to be about representation of your country they're gonna sit there and 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 take every chance they get to perpetuate themselves about how grand or how virtuous they are so but even if i wanted to them to win 
what happens if like three or four of the best players on the team catch this thing and are out for the rest of the tournament? What's the point of watching it? Mm. Um, I, I'm I'm just I'm just I'm just so over it. I, I don't I don't care. I think I've watched ten minutes, and that was just it happened to be on. Okay, I watched um Soledecki's 400 meter I think freestyle or whatever last night. She got she got the silver. That's the most I've watched of it was like that race. Yeah, that was it. I the only thing I really cared about is the shooting sports, so like the skeet and trap and stuff like that. That to me, U.S. did win gold today. Yeah, we both. Yeah, men and women both won gold. I've already yeah. mentioned this because I used to do that as well. I used to shoot skeet and modify trap and stuff. I wasn't very. I was okay at it, but I used to do it. And I think. I think these watching these watching these guys and these gals do this is amazing because the the they're so laser focused and it, it's cool. And the scene that the shotguns they use are also they're really expensive and really cool too. But anyway. Shifting gears, Jacob, let's get into a topic. You ready for this? Sure. All right, here we go. So, this is from ABC News, so the, the most trusted news source out there, ABC News. Uh, the U.S. Senate Committee has approved legislation that, would, if enacted, would require young women to register for the selective service alongside men. In a rare event of a war or other national emergency, be drafted for the first time in the nation's history. So, for some reason... In the name of equality, in the name of fairness, in the name of the, the the modern world that we live in, we feel that the only true way we can have equality among the sexes is if everyone has the opportunity to be drafted into the military in the case of some national emergency. Would you say that that is a, a true statement of equality, Jacob? Yeah, I'd agree with that. Okay. To me, this doesn't make any sense because here you have all these folks. To me, I don't get this. I, 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 I supremely don't get this from the, the perspective of the left, the progressive left, the regressive left. Where, where do you want to call them? They, are, they want equality so bad that they will subject themselves to potential slavery in the future. That's how bad they want equality. They're not arguing about, you know, whether or not slavery should, ab- should be abolished. They're arguing about, well, which transgender slave owners gonna, are we going to have now? It doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. So, I say the draft is slavery, which, I mean, it is. Um, everybody remembers the horrors of the... Well, okay, you won't... No, nobody alive will remember this, but there were draft riots during the Civil War. People were not did not want to be drafted to go fight their own, the, the brothers, cousins, people that used to be called Americans. Imagine that. You wouldn't want to fight your own people. <laughs> and then you had what was going on in the 60s and the late early 70s with Vietnam, right? Two million men were drafted in, in uh, the U.S. during Vietnam, according to the Vietnam Americans Memorial. Um, and, of course, the, the argument always comes up, well, it's never going to happen again. Then why do they have it anyway? Why is there a select service committee at all? It will. They'll say, "Well, there never. There's never going to be another draft." Like the people say, "It's never. It's never going to happen." Then why does the Select Service Committee even exist? And why would you want to even be a part of that? I don't want the draft to exist. Not just so women won't get drafted, so men won't get drafted. It's not that hard, folks. And there's nothing about patriotism, or in anything of the sort that goes with being a part of the draft. So, um, this is from the Mises Institute. This is Ryan McMakin. He wrote a piece on this back in 2019 
on why the draft should be abolished, the Select Service Committee. And I'm going to read it to you. It's not a very long piece, but just bear with me for a moment. Um, the ruling, he was talking about a court ruling, which I'll link to this below so you can read the full piece. I'm just reading a, a part of it. Um, the ruling can be taken two ways. It can be seen as a ruling that expands federal, uh, federal powers to conscript the select service system and thus expand the military's power over everyday lives of Americans. This is true in the, the strictly legal sense. On the other hand, the ruling could be interpreted as a political blow against conscription since the number of voters negatively impacted by subscription is now far higher than before. Apparently sympathetic to this, to this uh, latter interpretation... USA Today's description the ruling as the biggest legal blow to the select service uh, system since the Supreme Court upheld the draft resignation process since 1981. After all, those who brought the lawsuit in an organization called the National Coalition of Men was expressly uh, uh, attempting to highlight the injustice from a male point of view of being the only uh, group legally obligated to submit to what is essentially a registration for future slave labor, the draft. Uh, Miller, however, does not actually order, order to do the Pentagon to expand, expand the select service uh, eligibility. Any concrete legal action will likely come from the future, but those seeking to make such move will be boldened by Miller's decision. And Miller is the judge who made this decision. Experience uh, suggests, however, that it, uh, expansion of the select service uh, requirement will mandate itself largely as a matter of equality rather than a ploy to highlight the general injustice of conscription overall. The equal right to be enslaved by the draft. For example, during the 2016 GOP presidential debate, the candidates were asked if they would support mandatory draft res- uh, registration for women with the, you know, the SSS, the Select Service System. Um, now that women are allowed to combat, are allowed to be in combat positions in the military. So women are, are now allowed to serve in the military since, what, 2013, 2015, something like that? I think so, yeah. Most of the candidates applaud the idea while Ted Cruz denounced the notion. But it is often the case Cruz was right for the wrong reasons. Cruz seemed to base his reaction on the sentimentalism and gender politics. However, he should have opposed the expansion of the draft not on the basis of some arcane idea of chivalry, but for the simple reason that conscription imposes enormous cost on private individuals by depriving them control over their own labor. Chris Christie, on the, on the other hand, of the issue of female conscription, declared it is important, quote, this is what Chris Christie said, declared it is important that women in this country deserve anything they can dream, <laughs> anything that they want to aspire to, they can do. After hearing this, one is left wondering if Christie is aware that there's a difference between being a soldier and forced to being a soldier. <laughs> they should have the right to be drafted. They have the right to be drafted. That's that's. I, I always thought that they. Here's the thing. So, from what from what you're saying, which I haven't. I mean, I saw this. This came out, but I wasn't sure what the whole uh, community was. Um with their reaction to it. But but this was always one of those things where they were the feminists and the left wingers and the progressives. They all wanted equality except for the draft. Yeah. Like that was the last, they're like, Oh, I, I don't know about this. Uh, I'm not sure I'm all about this whole draft thing. Um, that was what I was always, but it sounds like some of them were like, yeah, we should be drafted just like the men. It's like, whoa, ho, ho, okay. Don't be careful what uh, you hey, wish for. Look, at least they're at least they're stinking consistent on that position. I I mean, 
I will give them that, as stupid as it is. You could tell how hard um, Christy, Chris Christie is trying to flex to the left. Like, this will get those lefty women to vote for me. And he's like, you should be drafted, too. You can dream of being drafted just like the men can. It's like, wow. Look here, how I'm out progressive. Of, how out of touch are you? How progressive are you? You... That's why I hate politicians. I don't care. I, don't hate, I strongly dislike politicians like Chris Christie. He's like, look, guys, I'm hip and hip. I'm look, cool. I'm hip. I'm hip. And he does the little doctor, the little the little doctor evil thing that yeah. he does. Um, so the article continues. This sort of confusion is likely to continue. Um, uh, but make no mistake. About it. Expanding the uh, select service from 50% of young adults to 100% is not about equality or progress or patriotism. While these notions will no doubt be used to bully people into supporting such a move, the real-world effect will have a massive expansion of government power over the lives of the population. Conscription, after all, is simply a draconian tax on the conscripts who lose their freedom for the duration, but who also have been coerced, uh, into being killed in order to promote the state's policy agendas. Conscription is slavery, Murray Rothbard wrote in 1973. While temporary cons- and while temporary conscription is obviously much less bad, assuming one outlives the term of conscription than many others form of slavery, conscription is nevertheless a nearly 100% tax on the production of one's mind and body. If one attempts to escape his uh, confinement in the open-air military jail, he faces imprisonment, imprisonment or even execution in many cases. Conscription remains uh, popular among states because it is an easy way to directly extract resources from the population, just as a regular tax particularly extract the savings production labor of the general population's conscription. Conscription extracts virtually all of the labor and effort of the conscripts. The burden falls disproportionately among young males in most cases. They are at risk of a much higher tax burden if killed or given permanent disability in battle. If he's likely to, uh, if he's lucky enough to survive the conflict, the conscript might may find himself living out the rest of his life as disfigured or missing his eyesight or in limbs. He may be rendered permanently uh, undesirable to uh, other folks. Such costs imposed on the conscript. Such costs imposed on the conscript are a form of a lifelong taxation. Fortunately for those who escape such a fate, the term slavery ends at a specific time. But, during, but for the duration, the only freedom the conscript enjoys is, uh, is that granted to him by his jailers. So, if you're going to have a draft, which you shouldn't, because like we just, we've laid it out. If you're going to have a draft, it should only be men. If you're going to have one, because if you draft men and women disproportionately, you just pick random people out of a hat. What happens if you take a mother and father away from their kids? What happens if you take a mother away when the, when dad should have gone? You're going to destroy families. They'd have to do it where you can only take away one like guardian. So if, if, if it's a joint household based on, I guess they could figure that out via your taxes. But here's the thing, though, is that. The draft, the only reason why they have drafts is because they know 
that if the war isn't popular that they want to fight, they're going to have to figure out some way to get people to fight it. Because these politicians and their and their friends and family won't be doing the fighting, right? The king's family never really went and fought in wars back in the day. That just didn't happen. Yeah. But if you're going to have a voluntary military, then you've got everything you need right there. If the war is legit, if if we know that at dawn the enemy rides in and they're gonna they're gonna storm the capital at dawn, we know it's gonna happen. They're bringing the mustard gas, they're bringing the nukes, they're bringing the dirty bombs. We know it's gonna happen. And it is a credible, real threat, and we're, this is a threat that we all face. I can guarantee you that there will be many people, many men that would step up and say, you know what, I'm gonna defend the capital because the because the, the, the Borg is coming, Jacob. The, the, the cube is going to land on the south lawn of the White House. Right. The Borg is coming. we got to destroy the Borg. Or, I don't know, um, the, the Predator's coming. Arnold Schwarzenegger's coming back as Terminator, okay? <laughs> Plenty of people would sign up and say, you know what? It, I'll do whatever it takes to defend the country. Just like what happened after Pearl Harbor or 9-11. There was a massive influx of people who wanted to go join the ranks to go take on Japan or to go take on, you know, the whole quagmire that was after 9-11. So, if there's a legitimate, credible threat, people will sign up to go and fight it. But, if you have a draft, there doesn't have to be one. Why? Because you have things like the Civil War that happens, you have Vietnam that happens. I mean, there's plenty of other examples in other countries, too, where these are often wars of choice that they go and fight, and they can do it because they know that they can take all the young men to go fight and die in their war for exploitation of land, resources, whatever, or just for the heck of it. They can do that. So, I don't know. What do you think, Jacob? Um, I do think it is funny how they, whenever I say, whenever I'm, I say that I'm concerned about them and, and, and them starting a, a, the draft again, which I understand that, uh, doing doing so would be um, suicide um, because of draft draft dodgers would be um, would would be would be far would be you know widespread. But if but then their counter to that is always oh well, well we're never gonna use the draft again. That's only in case of 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 you know some kind of grave you know um, um, threat or some kind of grave emergency. But we're never gonna use that them why they still have it as you, as you said if they promise to never use it then why have it in the first place maybe it's just to kind of keep a further registry on people i don't know um but i mean i, I guess it was bound to happen that we have women a part of it i, I mean i guess their their time came if you will yeah um uh, how ryan ends the article is you know uh, much of the opposition to the expansion of the select service has taken the form of National Review's opposition, which is based on the idea that conscripting women is some kind of unique evil unlike the conscripting men. Military service is one thing, the editor's right, but forcing women into the, quote, barbarism, they admit, they're half right. It is barbarism to force men to fight, or women to fight wars for the state. But the same is also true of conscription for men. So here's what you do. This is what Rand Paul and other, some others are trying to do right now in the Senate, is abolish the Select Service Committee. Fire all the people that work for it. 
burn the burn the documents of, of all the names you have on file and then rent out that space for more productive uses. Because if you're never going to use the select service committee or the select service whatever, then all that time and money that you're paying people to do this is just wasting time and money. You're taking tax dollars. This is uneconomic activity. I don't care that these folks get paychecks, but they're getting a paycheck because of a system that will never be used. This is the swamp. This is waste, fraud, and abuse right here. So fire all these people. Make them go get real jobs in the real world. Rent those spaces out for other people to use. Problem solved. If you're never going to use it, what you worried about? So, to me, this, this stuff is so easy. This is so easy to, to slice and dice it up. All right. So, oh, gosh. <laughs> don't be don't be tapping on the microphone. Don't be tapping on the microphone. So, uh, Jacob, do you use PayPal? I mean, I have one, but I don't, I very rarely use it. You don't use it? Not particularly often. Okay. I, I have, I use my PayPal account to, I, I subscribe or I give monthly to Scott Horton and Tim Pool. I have access to Tim Pool's little thing. Um, that's the only reason why I use it, but I'm considered deleting it because of what they're now doing. And you, do you know what they're doing now, Jacob? I, I have no idea what they're doing. Please enlighten mine. So here it is, folks. This is from the ADL, the American Defamation League, that's what, what they're called, right? Yeah. Uh, we're excited to announce a new partnership with PayPal to fight extremism and hate. We're launching a research effort to understand how extremists leverage uh, financial platforms to fund criminal activity read more you can go on their uh their article to read more about it and so what this is is that they are they're announcing a new partnership to fight extremism and hate through financial industry across at-risk communities this is the latest effort by paypal in combating racism hate and extremism across its platform and the industry they're just against hate joe are you pro-hate so why would you be against this? So you have that happening, right? So what I, from what I what I'm taking from this is that oh, if you post a picture of you with your Second Amendment flag or and you've got your guns out, or you're like January sixth was the greatest unscheduled, mm-hmm. unguided tour of the, of the Capitol ever, which it was, which it was. If you say those things on your Twitter account and they see that you also have a PayPal account, they're gonna are they gonna freeze your assets? Are they going to lock you out? Going to lock you out? Use that service anymore? You see, this types of things already happening with credit card companies. Some credit card companies will not allow you to make a purchase on ammo websites or buy a gun online that you will later pick up from a a licensed dealer. They won't let you do that. And now they're going to go after what they call right wing militias or white quote white supremacist groups. Is this the is this how this this what some people are calling um, was it Jack Posobiec or I can't remember who it, who it was, but someone had posted this thing on the Tweety about how the, the ten stages of genocide, and there was there's several different ones, and one of them was like ostracizing and cutting ties with the 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 group that that's going to be you know g- genocided upon. Um, and this is kind of like I think it's like number seven on the list is what was what we're falling into now with PayPal and credit card companies going after certain groups, and 
I, I don't know if that's true or not. It certainly makes a lot of sense, but I don't know if it's going to happen or not. But it is scary. It's very scary to see that you have major financial institutions, credit card companies, PayPal. Uh, PayPal also owns Venmo. Um, uh, you've got major banking institutions like I think it was, was it Chase or I don't know. They're all the same at this point. But one, the, one of the largest banks in the world were saying they're no longer going to do allow transactions with AMA websites and things like that. So how much longer is it, well, you can't use your credit card to buy a gun. You can't use your credit card to buy Trump paraphernalia. You can't use your credit card or your PayPal or Venmo account to donate to your particular candidate of choice. Or you can't do any of these things to support the people that you support because they are somehow linked to white supremacy, racism. They're a militia group. They supported the Capitol. They supported the storming on our Capitol, the, the, the democracy's temple on January 6th, Jacob. Is that what we were on the cusp of with all of this? I just think this is a – I just think there's that they're trying, to get a, they're trying to get rid of hate. And the fact that you are questioning this to me means that you're probably pretty, pretty pro-hate. I, you, and you'd be right. You'd be right. Because I, 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 I think that you know this also brings up another question: is if you were to own, if you owned a business, yeah, and you decided that now, now keep in mind this is in the pure free market property rights, you can decide who you want to have in your business, who you want to do business with. It's all at your discretion, right? So if you owned a bakery and you say, you know, I ain't baking no uh, cakes for gays, you have every right to do that under property rights. You have you know, perfectly fine. If you were a credit card company that was a Christian-based company, so you know what? You can't use our services to purchase stuff for a gay wedding or to buy a gay wedding cake. You can't do that. Is this the same argument as you can't use our services to purchase guns or Trump paraphernalia because you are linked or the people you're buying stuff from is linked to a white supremacist group or a militia group? Is this the same argument, Jacob? That argument, though, is always just it's it's such a it's such a such a weak argument because no one on that side is is likes arguing for that because these institutions are well in the corporate um, financial world is universally left so no one's making the argument of the contrary like like what you said so I mean sure you could say if it was flipped around but it, but it's not. Um, it's very clear that there's one side and there's one agenda to this whole thing. And you're right, because all of these corporations and all these people, they're all being regulated by the government. Yeah. And do you know who also owns stock in these same companies? Politicians. <laughs> Politicians and Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. Yep. So, and then, and then you have, because all these companies are regulated, which means there's less competition... They are essentially an arm of the state. Like we saw how the White House was going to flag content that they wanted Facebook to censor. At that point, you are no longer a private company. You are acting on behalf of the state. If Joe Biden says that he knows that he cannot do mandatory vaccination or mandatory vaccine passports, but he will support any company that has a mandatory vaccine passport to enter their place of business... You are, in a way, acting on behalf of Joe Biden. In, in, in a roundabout way, you are. 
So you're not really acting on your own behalf. You're acting on behalf of the president. So if the president said, hey, you can't sell anything to Jews, and all the companies do it, even though there's no legislation enacted, everyone just takes the, the, the dear Fuhrer's word on, on his word and says, you know what? We're not, no bagels to no Jews today. You are, in effect, acting on behalf of the president. So the president knows Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, whoever it might be who actually makes the first step and does this, they know that legislatively they can't do this or executive order. It won't go down. But they know that if they get on the TV or they get the phone out, the pen in the phone, Jacob. That's right. They can go to Zuckerberg. They can go to Dorsey. They can go to whoever runs all these financial institutions. They can they can call up Jamie Dimon. I know Jamie and Elizabeth Warren have got a great relationship right now. They can call up these folks and say, hey, we got to combat this extremism. We need your help. If and when that happens, and I think it's already happened, you are no longer a private company. You are acting on behalf of the state. Now, that calls into question. Does that mean we have to break them up and do antitrust? Well, quite frankly, I don't see what that's what that's really going to do because then they then they'll just go to somebody else and ask them to, hey, don't sell these people, don't let them have access, you know, to your services that they're going to buy from this group or that group. There, this is where conservatives, I think, get it wrong because you see the 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 tide is shifting. Before it was the left that was anti-corporation, now it's the right that's becoming anti-corporation, and they're both wrong. The problem isn't necessarily the corporation. That's a symptom of the problem. Regulating the corporation or antitrust won't fix the problem. The problem is Joe Biden, is Donald Trump, is Kevin McCarthy, is Nancy Pelosi. It is the government itself that is the problem. This all goes away if there is no state or if it's so limited to a fact that there's no one to act on behalf of. If there's no one to go to to ask, hey, it's it'd be like, you know, it'd be like it'd be like your local mayor going to uh going to Facebook and say, "Hey, I need you to cut the stream short on our council meeting because reasons x, y, and z. Facebook, get the heck out of here. Who are you? Yeah. Mayor <laughs> Frogsbogs, Arkansas, like who are you? Get out of here, bro. Nobody would care. And nobody should care. All of you folks who are saying, "Well, we got to the government's got to regulate it." I know I've made this, ex- I've brought this example up numerous times, but just a, a year or two ago, there were congressional leaders asking Mark Zuckerberg if he would help them regulate Facebook. Do you think these people have any idea what they are doing? No. All of these folks who are in Congress, who are in the House and the Senate, have no idea how any of this stuff works related to the algorithms that are at play or really doing anything to regulate Facebook or Twitter. They have no idea how any of this works. The staffers might, and those are the ones who will actually be running this legislation. But it will be interesting because here's what's going to happen. If you decide to regulate or do antitrust, you know what's going to happen? They're going to get it to a point where it will only be Facebook or Twitter or Google who will be allowed to produce this type of content or produce these services. Why? Because they're the ones that have the contracts with the government to root out whatever extremism that's going to come down the pike. 
they will be the only ones. There will be no competition. They will be the only game in town. That's If you try to regulate this, if you try to go after them, that's what's going to happen. And you can say, oh, well, you're wrong, Joe, because we can break them up and we'll bring in competition. No, it's not going to happen. The regulation we have now is keeping out the competition. And furthermore, all of you people that complain about Facebook and Twitter and Google, how many of you are using DuckDuckGo? How many of you have switched off Facebook and Twitter and gone to Gab or Minds or MeWe or whatever? Answer, not enough of you. Can you imagine? this? If you want to take down big tech, you want to take down Facebook and Twitter, you, could, you know how you could have done it? If Donald Trump, before he got you know, 86 on or before he got nuked on Twitter, <laughs> what he could have done is said, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to Gab, I'm going to Mines, I'm going to whatever. Here's the link to follow me on this on this site. If he would have done that, he would have killed Twitter. Facebook is already a dumpster fire. I don't know anybody that still uses that abomination of a website. I, I've, I haven't been on Facebook in seven years, and I've loved every second of it. <laughs> I, I just I count my blessings every moment that I think, you know what? I'm so glad I'm not on Facebook because I hate it. If he would have done that, he would have killed big tech more than any legislation could have. Because the what? How many followers did he have? 80 million followers? Something, something, something ridiculous. If every one of his followers, all 80 million of them, was, or even if half of them, or 40 million had all gone to one of these sites, yeah, the server would have crashed because she couldn't handle that much traffic. I, yeah, that could have happened. That could have killed them. That, well, then the question is, well, you know, Amazon runs the servers. Okay, I mean, someone's always going to run these servers. And, it, and then, you know what? Donate money to Gab and to whoever to build their own servers. Get with Elon Musk and make your own internet. I know that's not the, I know that's not the answer that you want to hear. But that's what you're going to have to do, because if you're going to just say, well, we got to regulate big tech and that'll solve the problem and not go after the state, you're going to be right back where you started in just a matter of years. And it's also interesting to see as well, on top of this, Facebook, Twitter, Microsoft, YouTube, and other big tech companies will now add content to a shared counterterrorism, quote, key database aiming to crack down on material from white supremacists and far right wing militias, according to Reuters. You know where that key terrorism database is going to be located? You know who's going to have it? It's going to be... Uh... It's going to be in Joe Biden's hands. Yep. So Facebook and, and Google can collect the information, but if there's no Joe Biden, they can't do anything with it. Facebook cannot kick down your door and arrest you because you were participating on the on the the great unscheduled un, unscripted un you know unguided tour of the Capitol on January sixth, they can't do anything about it. If they're telling you like these like again, there was another general who said that you know we got to do our part to combat you know racism and bigotry online. You need to call your friends out, call them out, report them. If there was no general, if there is no Joe Biden, if there is none of these things. The information that Facebook and collecting is just going into the ether, into the the uh, the abyss of space. It's not going anywhere. 
people are calling this the the America's version of what the what the CCP is doing in China. Well, wouldn't it be just great if it all just blew away? Blow it away. See you later. What do you think, Jacob? No, I mean I, I mean I have nothing that she said that I disagree with. I think I think you're right on right on the point with it. Um, with, with all of it, I think it's a missed opportunity for sure. I, I like Tim Pool. I like Jack Posobiec. I like all the folks on the right. I like what they have to say. I think they're right a lot. But when they talk about this, they're missing the most important part, and that part that we have pointed out at numerous times, not only today, but in other shows, is the point of the state. If you're going to continue to allow the government to do what they're doing, doesn't matter how many times you break up Google. doesn't matter how many times you regulate these companies. You're always going to end up right, where, right back where you started. It's just a matter of time. Does that mean I'm shilling for the corporations? Absolutely not. In fact, I despise what they are doing. All of them. Most of the corporations we have here in America today are a, uh, a um, leftist propagandist outfit for the state. Many of them do, many of them do a lot of dirty practices in how they treat uh, employers. I know that's that's not. I'm not buy. I don't necessarily buy into, you know, all the slave labor stuff they talk about. What's going on in China with in Nike? I don't necessarily think I believe all of that. Um, I've read a lot of and I watched a lot of stuff on the countering the the big thing about the Chinese and the in the Uyghurs and the camps and everything. There's a lot of information out there that that combats that. And does that mean I'm on the side of the CCP? Absolutely not. I just said abolish the federal government. How does that? How in any way would I be on the side of the CCP? Because Joe, you don't understand. So I don't know. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe what we have to do is, you know what? In the meantime, you got to nuke Twitter. You got to nuke Google. Is that the right decision? I just I don't think so. And yes, I'm only some 23 year old from the middle of nowhere, Georgia, that knows literally nothing about anything. I know very little about nothing, but I know this. Quote the great Al Percolo. That's right. That's right. You can't, you can't just point the figure, finger, finger, speak at big business. Yes, big business is a problem, but the government also is too a problem. Honor thy father, thy mother, and the Yankee contract. That is true. Uh, what do you think, Jacob? I, I I I agree. I think that the conservatives are are well. I've, I've kind of always said about this is I think they're halfway right. Um, where they're identifying the problem, but I think the solution is it's it, it's no better and it's not going to improve anything. Yeah. Um, I I think that what they should do is they should be deregulating and they should be getting, um, they should make it as easy as possible for competition to get in the way and to make the market. Um, for information through like a social media platform more accessible so that way you could you could have like a, an alternative to twitter or or whoever um take that stranglehold away that you know twitter and google all of them hold over the market because a lot of times you will see people that post these things like jack Posobiec will took a four headlines from what's the the paper that that bezos owns washington post washington post yeah, yeah. 
So he took four headlines from the Washington Post after Bezos bought the company. And it was, here's reasons why why taxing billionaires won't do anything. It was four articles like that. He's like, are you paying attention yet? And my point is, what, you want to tax Bezos? It's like, you know, we have the highest corporate tax rates here in, in, in largely in the part of the world before the Trump tax cuts, the largest ta- corporate tax rates anywhere of any kind. And Bezos still got to where he is today. Doesn't matter how much they pay in taxes. We all should be against t- paying taxes. That is the that is the quintessential, most patriotic thing anybody can do is to object to paying taxes. That and refusing to get forced vaccinations and forced yeah, that, passports. Well. Like today, I saw. Side note: Today, I saw in France that they uh, someone hooked up a manure sprayer and was spraying the president's house in some part of the country. That's great. And I thought this is the most beautiful thing i've ever seen the spring poo across someone's house most beautiful thing anyway back to what we're going back to back to uh jeff bezos there's a transition for you um i don't understand how making these large billionaires pay taxes is going to change anything it's not because they still they still believe what they believe whether they pay one percent tax or a 50 percent tax doesn't matter. In, in fact, many of them want to pay more taxes. You can ask. You can ask Warren Buffett. Any of them. They all say the tax rate on ours on us should be higher. But here's a dirty secret: none of them pay taxes anyway. Yeah. Uh, Warren Buffett pays less in federal income tax than his secretary, which is a it's a beautiful thing in one way, but it's actually quite sad because his secretary probably makes a whole heck of a, a lot less than he does. Well. That and he's only advocating for more taxes for seem virtuous and then yeah. to help um hurt anybody else who's trying to get to his position. Get to his position exactly. Yeah. So I had a thought I was going with this. Um gosh, it left my brain. I can't remember what I was gonna talk. I can't remember what I was gonna say now. Taxes, Warren Buffett, Bezos. Lost lost my train of thought. Lost, lost my train of thought. Um I guess it's time for the feats of strength now. Um <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, not the feats of strength. Um, I, I'll have to take my glasses off because I'm too weak without them. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Um, but yeah, so I don't, I don't see how raising taxes would change anything. If, if anything, the tax rate should be a big fat zero. Uh, That's the most famous thing that Ron. Well, he said a lot of famous things when he was running for president. But when Ron Paul was asked about what his ideal tax rate would be. As far as the individual or the uh, income tax, he said zero, and everyone was like, all the Republican candidates were like, "You can't say that nine nine nine. We have to have a flat tax. They're like zero. <laughs> That's the, that is the correct position. I don't care if you I don't care if you have the most outrageous left wing politics or the most outrageous right wing politics. No one should have their money stolen from them. Now I've got something funny I want to share with you, Jacob. Go for it. This comes to us from the great. Prophet that is Robbie Bernstein, the, the, the fire. Oh my gosh. The fire that is Robbie Bernstein, oh right? Oh boy, here we go. All right, so this is from the New York Post. It's a headline uh, Michigan repeals laws that gave Governor Gretchen Whitmer emergency powers. Okay. All right, so that's the headline from the New York Post, which, you know, good for Michigan because she's been abysmable this entire time. She should be banished with the Loch Ness Monster, uh, the, the Abominable Snowman, and Mike and Sully, okay? <laughs> she should be banished with those folks. Here's what Robbie Bernstein had to say. The Robbie the Fire. Maybe the FBI was right to try and kidnap her. 
It took an entire year to undo infringing on freedoms, and yet, and here I thought the FBI is never on our side. I mean, hey, I I can't I can't disagree. <laughs> I uh, that that is that that is one of the very few and dwindling reasons why I am still on the Twitter. One more funny thing that I will share with you before we wrap it all up. <clears throat> so every now, so you know how there's those there's those parody accounts of the, the big financial people on the Twitter, Jacob. Mm-hmm. So one of them posted a picture. You have $6, and you have to choose between one of these people to be your investment buddy, right? So it yeah. was uh, the kitty cat guy. The, the bit, um, It's a roaring kitty. Yeah, the Wall Street Bets guy. It was uh, John Rich yeah. Sr. Oh, um, it was Greg um, uh, Ma- Mario, uh, Musk Mario, or Elon Mario Yeah, was one of them. One of them was Steve Mnuchin, and a whole list of folks, right? And, it, and I said, this is so simple. Just pick the guy that can literally print the money. <laughs> when you have got that printed money, put it into crypto, silver, and gold. Done. Finished. Jerome Powell. That's a $3 investment that keeps giving the whole year long, Jacob. Exactly. So I would go with Steve Mnuchin. That's so easy. And I, I, I don't know why anybody would go. Any, why would you choose Mario Musk or John Rich? <laughs> no, you choose Jerome Powell. Or also that the Paytech, um, uh, the Indian guy. What's his name? I can't remember. Oh, his name. Dr. Uh, Dr. Uh, Paytech, whatever his name. Yeah, yeah. His name is after a, a very popular, expensive watch of Paytech. Philippe, that doesn't matter. <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know where I, this this these last five minutes have just been a complete train wreck of a <laughs> of a of a show here. But um, thanks you alls for listening to this here program, uh, episode one hundred, folks. It's been a it's been a joyous ride. Thank you to those who have subscribed to the Patreon. Thank you to those who listen to every show. Um, the future's looking bright. That's all I'm going to say. Um, um, I said that's all I'm going to say, but I'm going to keep talking for a little bit. Um, but uh, here, here's to... Uh, Jacob, let's let's clink glasses here. you got a glass of water. I've got a bottle of Gatorade. Here's to another... I'm sorry, Powerade Blue, to be exact. Blue Powerade. Uh, blue Powerade, because that's <laughs> the only flavor that I like is blue. Um, here's to another uh, to another episode and to another hundred episodes. One hundred more. Let's let's keep it going. Keep it rolling, folks. Um, there's been some changes along the way. We I know I've certainly grown a lot. We've um, changed our. I've changed my mind on numerous things uh, in the past. I know Jacob probably has too. I've gotten better at this whole speaking thing. I would. You go back and listen to the first episode that we did, or on the old show where we used to do the video. Man, boy, was it rough. Boy, was yeah. it rough. There were some, there were some rough episodes back Half, then. Half, we've come a long way, um, but sincerely, from the bottom of our, um, from the bottom of the, the the most loving and generous hearts, filled with joy and grace, no malice to be had. We thank you for listening. Um, if you would like to hear me do the intro in that voice, please let us know. It's not happening. That's it's gonna happen, it's Jacob. Happening. It's gonna happen. Just accept it. It's, it's gonna not, happen. I can't let that happen. Shut up. It's gonna happen. But thanks for listening, folks. We'll be back on Wednesday with a special episode of The Joe Show. And then Jacob will be back on Friday with a special episode of this here program. Thanks for listening. Peace.